Hello boys and girls, this is a, a quick YouTube video just for people who don't want to get fooled again and who want to make sure that they break the cycle of narcissistic abuse and falling in love with uh, people who suffer from NPD. A lot of my clients that I'm speaking to nowadays are, are scared that they'll do the same thing again. So I want to try and give you the tools to make sure that you don't so that you can reassure yourself that you're safe and you're not going to make that same mistake again. One of the first things that we need to ask ourselves is this, were your parents emotionally abusive and particularly were you punished for self-championing? That means as a child, if you ever stood up for yourself or demanded what you wanted, were you punished for that? The second question we need to ask ourselves is were your parents abusive uh, towards each other in a way that was visible and that you could see growing up? If you answered yes to both of those questions, you might want to look into two things because you might be addicted uh, in some horrible way to being in love with emotionally abusive people. Number one, you need to check to see if you have the 15 personality traits of people pleaser syndrome. P people who suffer from people pleaser syndrome are very open to being bullied and frequently find themselves the victims of emotional abuse more than anybody else around them. The 15 personality traits are put in there through emotional abuse delivered by parents in childhood. If your parents eroded your sense of self and eroded your ability to stand up for yourself and were abusive, demanding and manipulative, what will happen is that you'll have developed certain personality traits to cope with that, like being excessively conscientious, always thinking about what other people want first and you second. Uh, by being excessively neurotically naive, this is a deep and dark one, people become neurotically naive because they weren't allowed to see the truth of how abusive the parent was being. Because if mummy or daddy is supposed to love you and they're being abusive, that's a heartrending thing to face up to. So the child learns to hide it from itself. So from a very young age, we as children learn to deliberately misinterpret reality. This fits in with Gregory Bateson's uh, double bind theory of schizophrenia. The child or the political prisoner is taught to deliberately misinterpret reality in order to survive. Another personality trait of people pleasers and people who are open to emotional abuse is emotophobia. Emotophobia is the neurotic fear of causing disappointment or negative feelings in others. This manifests as an inability to say no or to ever do anything that makes you feel like you might even slightly be letting somebody else down. Why? Because you're excessively punished for that in your childhood and you've learned that it is an absolute taboo, an absolute sin to do that. If you do have these uh, symptoms, if you think that you do have the 15 personality traits of people pleasers, there are things that we can do to help you, help coach you through that. Uh, but the first step is to recognize it. The second thing that we want to be looking at, if you answered yes to the first two questions, um, is have you internalized the belief that love is pain, that love is drama? Your first model for a relationship that you unconsciously modeled as a child was looking up at your mother and father. This is how people love each other. This is how people are in a relationship. If that was manipulative, violent, excessively aggressive, or abusive in any way, then at the deepest levels you've internalized, that is what love is. You expect love to be painful. You expect love to be dramatic. And we need to scrub that belief from the software. We need to change the hard drive and say, okay, no, I now choose that love is loving. Love is calm. Love is tolerant. Love is fair. Love is sane. Love is peaceful. So if you answered yes and you think that you have internalized the belief that love is pain and love is drama and that you might have the 15 personality traits of, uh, of people pleasers and people who are open to emotional abuse, you need to be on the lookout. There are certain red flags that you need to watch out for in abusive personalities, particularly people with malignant uh, narcissistic personality disorder. This is, so I'm going to give you a, a very quick 
uh, rough and ready breakdown of, of uh, red flags for narcissists. Number one for me, the most important one is do their communications make you feel unsure of yourself? Do their communications seem to be self-contradictory, confusing, artfully vague or deceptive? Are you frequently finding yourself at the losing end of deals? This is something that you should be aware of. Trust your instincts, trust your intuition. How does that person make you feel in the moment? If you get off a phone call from somebody and you feel a bit weird and, and a bit like you've just been ripped off or you've been cheapened or exploited, exploited in some way, you possibly have and you need to look at that. Uh, my next big red flag uh, for avoiding relationships with narcissists is are they too good to be true? Uh, frequently narcissists will engage in uh, grandiosity, they'll be excessively charming and they will be um, whatever you want them to be. And this is a next big red flag, which um, I call mask changing. Are they everything they need to be to every person? Do they have seven different personalities for seven different social environments? The next big red flag is are they preoccupied with a fantasy of who they are? Do they talk about themselves in idealized terms? Do they talk about a fantasy of a romanticized and idealized heroic self? If so, this is a big red flag. Another question, another thing to look out for is, are they engaging frequently in patterns of reframing, which is other, which is also known as gaslighting? Reframing is a technique uh, that NLP uses where if you change the context of a scenario, you change its meaning without changing the content. That means you punch me in the face and I go, ow, why did you punch me in the face? And then you say to me, I didn't punch you in the face. I stroked you with my knuckles. I actually had somebody do that with a dog. A dog bit me in the park once when I was running and he bit me on the arse hard enough that it drew blood. And I said to the owner, your dog bit me. And he said, no, he didn't bite you. He just brushed you with his teeth in a way that punctured your skin. <laughs> That's reframing. So if somebody cheats on you or if somebody steals from you, uh, stealing from you, no, I didn't steal from you. I borrowed from you. Or you told me I could have that money. That's gaslighting. That's less reframing. Ga gaslighting is more just like lying. Uh, you told me you could have that money. Did I? Yes. I distinctly remember the conversation where you said I could have it. Are you sure? Yes, I'm absolutely 100% sure. And they'll lie to your face with full eye contact, sincere face, total conviction. You said I could have that money. And they're so convincing and you're so in love with them. The hook is so deep in you. Well, that looks rude. The hook is so deep in you. The hook is so deep in you that you want to believe them. In fact, you need to believe them because if the show stops, then your reality will crumble and it will be very painful. You fear the pain of breaking up with a narcissist and you should because it is a very, very painful experience. Not only the loss of love, the loss of friendship, but to realize that the whole thing was based on artifice and lies. This is a new one on me, this next trait. And um, it actually came from researching things that clients were reporting to me. A lot of clients reporting to me that narcissists were giving them really crappy gifts. And I was thinking, that's a very strange thing. So I looked it up and it's actually, uh, it's not a well-known mainstream view of narcissism. But if you look in the, in the corners, in the forums, people have reported that they suspect that narcissists have a tendency to give really, really crappy gifts. And as I thought back through my own life, I thought, my God, actually, many times that has been true. Uh, the gifts are very disappointing. They're very, and what this reflects is uh, an indifference to how you feel and to what it is you authentically want. So I would, and another warning that would come in with this crap gift giving is look at what they do, not at what they say. Talk is cheap. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. But then I give you something that reflects that I really haven't listened to what it is that you authentically and genuinely want then that reflects a different layer of reality, a different, uh, two different levels of communication that conflict with each other, which is why 
being uh, in a relationship with narcissists is so damaging because it damages your perception of self and it damages your ability to perceive reality properly. If I say I love you and then I give you a gift that blatantly shows I haven't listened to anything and I really don't even know who you are, it's like a gift that was for somebody else or it's just crappy, um, like an old thing that was just lying around the house, some second-hand object will frequently be given, then it shows in truth I really don't care about you. Um, which is an essential component of malignant narcissism. They have no empathy. The next thing is, in a relationship, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew this four years ago. They go too deep too soon. So you'll be saying, oh, we're two months in. We're having a nice time. Let's keep seeing each other and see where this goes. And they'll be pushing for marriage. They'll be pushing for kids. They want to move in. In my case, she, she did move in very, very quickly. Um, and yet, at the same time, was very, very secretive and wanted to keep a whole other life going. The purpose of, sadly, to sorry to report this, it's heartbreaking, is the purpose of getting so close with you so quickly and wanting to be in your house and talking about long-term marriage and kids is not a reflection of their love for you. It would be in a normal, healthy person. In their case, it's a reflection of their desire to manipulate you. It is easier for me to manipulate you if I have you believing that I'm going to fulfill all your dreams and that I'm going to be the father of your children and blah, blah, blah. That would be easier. So I'm doing it solely to get you more in my grasp so that I can go out and do whatever else I want. Not very nice. Sorry. Don't shoot the messenger. We have to deal with the reality of this as it presents itself. Another trait that is very, very common is they're extremely negative and extremely critical of other people. Now, they're usually uh, actually quite negative people anyway. They're usually in negative emotional states most of the time, I have found. Um, but this particularly is they're very negative and highly hypercritical of other people. Very bitchy, very backstabby. I'd like to talk about that more, but I'll do it on another video. I'll just fly through these for now. The next thing to look out for is a lack of respect for boundaries, not just yours, but other people's. Look out for people who, uh, the way they treat, like if you take them out for a meal, look out for how they treat staff. Look out for how they treat people who they don't have to be nice to. You'll learn a lot more about a person by seeing how they treat a person when they don't, well, how they treat other people when they don't have to be nice to them. So uh, also this manifests as a lack of respect for boundaries. This manifests as a lack of uh, a sense of what is appropriate and what isn't. They're incredibly inappropriate people, incredibly inappropriate. So if you're with somebody and they're frequently acting in a way that is either privately or publicly weird or inappropriate, especially in terms of boundaries, you're probably dealing with a narcissist. Another thing to remember is the narcissist is never wrong. If you've been hanging out with somebody for a couple of months and you've noticed they've never said sorry and they've never admitted that they were wrong either to you or when they're telling you stories about other people, if a person is never wrong, then that is a classic sign of narcissism because the narcissist believes themselves to be entirely perfect. In fact, their whole game relies on that one crucial point. They must be perfect. And if you threaten that, they will not only block you out of their lives completely, they will try and destroy you as well. So if you actually directly confront a narcissist, it can have very explosive results because you're dealing, you're getting to the core of their little fantasy. And if you spoil that game, they'll come after you. Uh, the other thing to watch out for is a total lack of empathy, zero compassion. And this is where I spoke about in another video, you should give them the Goodwill Hunting test, play them the DVD Goodwill Hunting. If they don't get that film, 
or it's meaningless to them or they're not moved by it, the whole film, the oxygen of the film runs on empathy and compassion. Now they could say that they don't like it because they don't like Ron Williams or they don't like Matt Damon. But if they say that they don't understand what the film was about, what's the point of all this talk? What's the point of all this emotion and all this compassion stuff? I don't get it then it's highly likely that you're dealing with a narcissist. They don't feel those emotions like other humans do. They have to watch humans to observe how they act so that they can copy it. This was a theme that was covered in uh, in other elements of popular culture like Dexter and particularly in Blade Runner where they had something, uh, Philip K. Dick, the author of the Blade Runner story, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, said the way to tell a replicant from a human being would be to give them a test of empathy called the Void Kampf test. The test that we can give them you can either show them the Goodwill Hunting DVD, or you can actually ask the question, is there any area of your life in which you need to grow or change? If you get a rage response, an extremely artificial response, or a shutdown response, these are not good signs. It's highly likely that you're dealing with somebody who has a, at least a touch of narcissistic personality disorder. So step four, what do we do from here? If you are in the place where you're recovering from a narcissistic relation, a narcissistic abusive relationship, the first thing you must do if you don't want to repeat it is you need to decide with commitment from the depth of your being, no more. I will never ever do this again. And I deserve more than this. Step number five is what? There's no magic secrets here. There's no, there's no pills you can take. You have to then take, having made the decision, take consistent, committed action over time. Get help. Uh, this, you can get lots of help for free. You can join online forums. You can chat to other people. You can get coaching. My coaching specializes in dealing with people who've suffered at the hands of narcissistic abusers, uh, mainly because I have several times. So I'm very empathic and compassionate to what that feels like and, and just how badly it can screw you up and screw your life up. Um, and you need to slowly look at rebuilding your boundaries to learn how to self-champion and to learn how to assert yourself. Um, and the most important thing is to assert your sovereignty. So to come back full circle, what we first spoke about is where you punished as a child for asserting your sovereignty, your sense of self, your boundaries. If so, then you will be open to being in a relationship with exploitative personality types and particularly narcissistic abusers. But by the time we come back full circle, what can actually happen is we can heal those wounds from childhood. And what will, what will happen after this is you become a better person. You become a stronger person. You now have boundaries where you never even knew before that you could have boundaries. You will now have the capacity to say no. You will now have the capacity to ask for what you want without feeling overwhelming sensations of guilt and shame. Okay, I think that's enough for this video. Thank you very much for your time and your attention. And uh, I'll speak to you again soon.